Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. World Series Game 3 tonight here on 101 ESPN. The first pitch is at 7.09 and... It'll be Dan Schulman with the call, along with Jessica Mendoza and Eduardo Perez. But one thing you have to do after the World Series games is get to MLB Network for MLB Tonight with Greg Amzinger and his crew because they do a great job of breaking the game down and they get every single guest. And our friend Greg Amzinger, a product of the Lindenwood University, a native of St. Louis, is with us now from Atlanta in the World Series on 101 ESPN. Danny Mac and Randy. Greg, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. I, I thought that Atlanta was going to be warm and nice, um, <laughs> but it's cold and rainy. I, I, bring, I, I bring my golf clubs to Atlanta thinking, oh, I'll get a lot of golf in. I'm not going to get any golf in. The weather's unbelievable right now. It's terrible. And I'll be freezing tonight on the postgame show. Not that I'm complaining. I would never complain. You know that. But it is really weird weather we're dealing with. Craig, this is amazing to me because you are anticipating having a good time getting out and playing some golf. I was in Atlanta for Super Bowl 34, where you anticipate that it's going to be nice and warm in January, the last week of January. They had an ice storm, Super Bowl week of Super Bowl 34. And here's what happened. The roads were all iced. They canceled a hockey game. The Thrashers were supposed to play. They canceled a game that's played on ice because of ice. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know it was in the cards for you to not have a good time. Exactly. You know, sometimes, Isn't it, uh... sometimes the, uh, the, the baseball gods, the TV gods, the weather gods, they all get together and they pick on us. I feel like this is what this, this is supposed to be a, a little mancation for me. A long, long summer. I get to go on the road. I get to play golf every day. I only do the postgame show. Like my schedule could not be any better. I could play 36 holes of golf every <laughs> single day and then roll in and watch the World Series and then do the postgame show. And I'm sitting here looking at rain. I'm overlooking the pool right now. I'm looking at rain. I can't even get in the pool because it's cold. Oh, man. And- well, the ladies are going to be upset. They can't see you, Greg. Poolside. That's uh, very unfortunate. Sounds like you had a tough trip down there to Atlanta. Um, by the way, it's a 40% uh, chance of rain tonight. And I got to wonder, man, if you're Dusty Baker, you're, you're Brian Snitker, you're going, ah. Really? 40% chance of rain. I've already lost one guy with a broken leg. I'm trying to figure out who am I going to have as an opener. What's going to happen tonight? How deep can I? I mean, this really messes up pitching anyway in a regular season, but certainly in a seven-game series when you've already gone through the first couple of games. Well, it's been talked about uh, postponing the game even before we started. Major League Baseball has really been kicking around. You had two rookie pitchers going head-to-head, Ian Anderson, Luis Garcia, big fan of both of them. And obviously pitching changes come all the time, almost too much uh, in the in the postseason. 
I, I don't think they can do it because the weather's going to be bad the entire weekend here in Atlanta. Oh, boy. So to move it, now you're kind of caught in giving up a travel day. How far do you extend the World Series if you do this? We're already into November if, if the series goes deep. Uh, it's to me, we, we've got to shorten the regular season a bit. we got to figure out a way to not get this World Series into October. Into November, November, I mean, it's just too long. It's too long. The weather's not good. And I'm sorry, new rule. If you're building a ballpark, you must have a retractable roof. Good rule. If you decide to put in a brand new ballpark, you have to have a retractable roof. Why is that a hard rule to follow? I, I don't think it is. Hey, Greg, I've had this idea for some time. I don't think I've ever presented it to you. But if I were Major League Baseball, I would bring back real doubleheaders eight Saturdays or Sundays a year, only within the division. Each team in a division plays its other division foes for a doubleheader one weekend a day a year. That takes eight days off of the baseball calendar. You get all the games in, and fans love it, and I'm sure that you'd have big crowds. Uh, the fans obviously would love it. The owners, are they going to sign off on that? That's the key. That is the, that is the key. And, and we were talking about this last night. I mean, on the on the travel here, being with a few MLB executives, uh, all about the owners of this great sport getting together to do things that make it a product that everyone can consume in a more efficient way. And obviously the collective bargaining agreements on the front of all of our minds as we get close to the end of this World Series. And to me, the the leaders of this collective bargaining must be the owners. And I'm hoping they make the right decisions. That's one that it it sounds great to me and you, but I couldn't fathom uh, that they would give away a whole day of parking. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, yep. They care about all these details financially. So uh, that is what I'm, I'm fingers crossed hoping for, that the owners of the game, uh, all these clubs are going to do things that put us in the right direction to all thrive. Because I, I look at them as caretakers of the sport. That's the way I view owners in Major League Baseball. And I just hope they, they don't put all their chips in and, and, and really try to win another negotiation. I know it sounds silly because I think everybody wants to win any negotiation you're a part of, but this is a very sensitive one, and I hope that the owners do the right thing here. Hey, Greg, I've always thought that the big money coaches and managers really make their money in the postseason. I don't think a manager has a tremendous effect during the regular season. Some, maybe three, four, five games. But in the postseason is when you win. And the the fact that Brent Strom recognized that Luis Garcia didn't have his entire foot on the edge of the rubber, and that was causing a knee problem, and it caused him to have a really bad first game in the DS, and now... Garcia has pitched great ever since. That is why you pay pitching coaches big money, isn't it? And one thousand percent. I mean, I remember, remember Matt Williams winning the um, NL Manager of the Year, and in that same year he was the manager. He gets severely outmanaged by Bruce Pochi mm-hmm. in the postseason, and they got the Nationals got knocked out. He was fired a year later. You're on a, a under a huge microscope in the postseason. We're all watching one game. Every inning counts. A five-inning pitching performance feels like a complete game. And that's what it felt like from Jose Ortiz the other night. But you're absolutely right. We have too many people watching these athletes. 
for them to struggle and not figure it out. Uh, Jose Altuve, a great example. You know, Yonder Alonso was talking to him uh, before game two. He was three for his previous 29 since the start of the ALCS. And one of his coaches was like, you know, Jose, your, your leg kick, which we love, is striding too aggressively towards home plate. You're almost stepping on home plate. Then they showed him like multiple images of his swing. You need to step more towards the pitcher. And that one tiny adjustment led to a two-hit game and a home run. Like, it is a, it's a game of inches. And, man, if you can really get these guys feeling themselves in the big moments and make sure they're doing the right thing mechanically, offensively, and on the mound, it's – It goes a long way for these guys. I want to go back to the CBA just for a moment with everybody there, national media, and I saw Rob Manfred and many from the front office of Major League Baseball and the Players Association. So when you get everybody together, a lot of of talking, a lot of things that you hear. What are you you hearing about what's happening and where they're at at this point? Uh, So what I'm hearing is uh, there will be a lockout, and that will happen around the beginning of December. And uh, which is unfortunate, but they are, everyone is optimistic, no joke. And, and that, that includes the union. They're optimistic about getting something done. And while some of the players in the union are talking in aggressive tones, um, I think everyone understands the timing of this negotiation and how anything close to a strike would not go over well. What I mean by that is anything that would delay the start of a season. So let's say they get close. There's no spring training uh, on time and they get close. They get close to a deal. They get a deal done. But you still need these guys to like, you know, get practice in before there was a season, anything that would delay an early April regular season and move it to maybe late April or May. I don't think the fan base, I don't think people in this country have a stomach for that. I, I, after what we just went through with the pandemic, I, I don't believe that. And I, what I'm encouraged by, by talking to the, the friends and ownership and in the union, both sides recognize that. Now, there are certain significant players who obviously this is their quote-unquote bite of the apple uh, in free agency that they want everything right now. Those are the most vocal in the union. But the leaders on both sides understand that pushing each other around, it, it's, it's a, the optics are bad, man. The optics are bad. I mean, look, have you ever been on a double date? Dan, you're going to love this analogy. Have you and your wife ever been on a double date with a couple that's arguing in front of you? Oh, oh my sure. God, it's the worst thing ever, right? Yeah. No matter what restaurant you went to, you hated every minute of that. But then you go to a, on a double date with you know a couple that might have public displays of affection. That's a little too much. You'd prefer that over the arguing. The NBA, they're basically making out in front of you, okay? The NFL, it's pretty close to that. Baseball bickers and argues with each other. Oh, my gosh, Steve, are you going to bring that up again? Like, that's happening in front of people, and we don't want that. It's an awkward double date. So we need both sides to get along better. And I think with everything we dealt with in this country and the world, they understand that. They understand that, and we will have, in my, in my opinion, 
we will have a deal done and there will not be a delay. I love that analogy. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Craig Amzinger, MLB Network. A couple more things. Number one, is much known about Oliver Marmol in baseball circles. I get that he, he is not a household name, but what was your take and did anybody really react, especially because you're at the World Series with everybody that knows baseball? Is there much to, to learn about, to glean from the Cardinals' promotion of Oliver Marmol? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've had a lot of talk, especially after Bob Melvin leaves the Oakland A's to go to the San Diego yeah. Padres. Uh, I think people are wondering, wait a minute, the, the Padres clearly want a guy that knows how to manage because they're ready to win right now. The Cardinals roster looks the same, not in terms of like, you know, certain things guys can do, but veterans, highly paid players. And you're ready to win right now, aren't you? Like, why are you bringing a play a manager in that has no experience? I mean, that, that, I'm getting that all the time. And what I've come to learn is John Moselock's on top of the food chain. He's on top of the food chain. And after you know dealing with a Hall of Fame manager and Tony Larusa and and a former player Mike Matheny, and eventually got you know an organizational guy Mike Schilt, he's tired of any pushback. And I don't blame him. I, I don't. I don't blame him. He's the one that's got the most dirt in his cleats of anyone in the front office with the Cardinals, of anyone in that dugout, uh, and he doesn't want to hear any more pushback. Do what I tell you to do. <laughs> and I think this is just me. This is my personal thing on this. And Oliver Marmol is taking the greatest opportunity of his professional life. I, I would do the same thing. He's thirty-five years old, and he's a guy that's going to do what. John Mozeliak wants him to do. And uh, look, if that's what John Mozeliak is looking for right now, I can't say I blame him. Um, Bob Melvin won't be with, won't be that guy for A.J. Proler. And to be honest, after talking A.J. as much as I've talked to him, that's not the, the managerial hire someone like A.J. Proler would have preferred. To me, that sounds like an ownership hire. So Mozeliak's the top of the food chain in St. Louis. I think he deserves to be. He's done a lot, winning seasons every single year. And Oliver Marmol was a gift to himself. That's what that was. Absolutely. Um, who do you like now? We're going into game three, uh, series shifting to Atlanta, and hopefully we have baseball tonight and this weekend. Who do you like going forward? It's hard to go against the Houston Astros, Dan. I, I think it's the, the top-to-bottom best lineup I've covered since 2009 when the network started. Um, they have Yuli Gurriel, the batting champ in the American League, batting seventh. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a lineup known for right-handed thump, right? El Tuve and Bregman and Carlos Correa. I mentioned Guriel. And and yet they have the two top left-handed sluggers against left-handed pitching. Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker have the highest slugging percentage among left-handed batters against left-handed pitching. So you've got these, these two bats in the middle of your order that you don't have to pinch it for, you don't have to sit. Uh, it is a perfectly constructed lineup that I enjoy because no matter who is starting, it's not like Eddie Rosario is going to hit fifth or sixth tonight and Soler's leading off because there's a left-hander on the mound. The Astros come at you with what they got. It's the same lineup every single day, and I, I just think it's too long and it's going to wear them out. I'm a little nervous over the Astros' bullpen. Uh, it's not as good as what I see coming out of the bullpen for the Braves, but I think I, I just think there's too much firepower for the Astros. I think it's going to be an epic World Series, and the Charlie Morton I- I injury is going to loom large. 
Remember, no mm-hmm. one's ever won four winner-take-all games in the postseason. Charlie Morton has. He won't be there for a game seven, a game that he would have pitched. So I, I think we'll go game seven. And it will not be Morton, and that would be one of the differences as to why the Astros win. Hey, Greg, one last thing before we let you go. You work Greg Emsinger, MLB Network. You'll see him after the game tonight, if there is a game. And you know the people in Major League Baseball. And we've talked about this before. You read the Jason Stark piece about the pitch clock in the California Low A League, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering this, because this would be something that they would have to talk about in the CBA, but the current Major League Baseball collectively bargained rule, 507C, pitcher delays, when the bases are unoccupied, the pitcher shall deliver the ball to the batter within 12 seconds after he receives the ball. Each time the pitcher delays the game by violating this rule, the umpire shall call ball. The 12-second timing starts when the pitcher is in possession of the ball, and the batter is in the box, alert the pitcher. The timing stops when the pitcher releases the ball. Why is that not enforced? Oh, my goodness. There's so many rules that are not enforced. I thought, you know, they came out publicly and said you cannot step out of the batter's box. Mm-hmm. And we still see that. For about a week we it worked out. Yeah, it's, it, I, we have to really actually put these guys on blast by putting a clock behind home plate. And I know a lot of people love that about baseball. It's a game with no clock. It's a game that you know doesn't run out of time. To have a pitch clock is different, and I believe in it. I think it's important, especially in key moments in games where these guys hold the ball. There was one pitcher that was like holding the baseball for 40 seconds in between pitches. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the idea of a pitcher getting on the mound. This guy at first, he's looking back and forth, and all of a sudden you hear fans go, three, two, one, and he like he's a little alerted. And maybe he's got 12 seconds left. And you know what I mean? I would be one of those fans, by the way. But we need that, that the action of, hey, here comes a live pitch in a game. We're down to five seconds. We're sitting there going, oh, man, he's got to get rid of this. He, he, he's not even at the stretch yet. He's only got five seconds. Look, we need it. We need it. It, it, it works in minor league baseball. It's going to eventually work in major league baseball. To me, it is guaranteed to be in the new collective bargaining agreement. It's locked, Good. and it's going to be better for baseball. It will be. Hey, we hope your day winds up being okay. Find a top golf in, in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Wow, Randy. You're like the perfect wingman, man. I, I, <laughs> seriously, you've got all the good ideas. You really, really do. Trying to take care of my guy. <laughs> Have a great day. I love it. I'll see you guys. I'd be texting you during the weekend. That's Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, and I always text him on the air. It's very fun. He's uh, he, he's great at what he does, and nobody has more passion for baseball than our Lindenwood guys, Danny Mack and, and Greg Amzinger. Oh, he's all over it. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. 
Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.